All right, guys, welcome back to Inside the Unsigned. As always, I am Joe Deke. And I'm motherfucking OG. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, just a quick reminder, we are available on all podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you want to listen to us on, we're there. Um, yes, we are. Unless there's some weird thing we haven't heard of yet, but... We're going to try and get everywhere, but check us out on all those platforms. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out so far. Your feedback has been awesome. And tonight we're going to get back into some more shit. Uh, today we have just Orion and myself, but you know how we Thanks do. for having me, Joe. I am so honored. <laughs> yeah, but the, these episodes are just as fun. I, I've loved having guests and... We have a lot of fun guests planned in the future, and, uh, you know, we're super stoked. And, you know, if you guys, if you listeners have any guests that, you know, you think would have fun on the podcast, you want to hear from, you know, recommend them, and uh, we'll, we'll see what's up. Can't, can't promise anything, but, you know, we're always down to, you know, chat with, chat with different people. So uh, send them our way, and we will, we will see what we can work we're gonna out. We're going to shut all them down. No, I'm playing. We love everybody. Hell yeah. Yo, Orion, I know we already talked about this on the uh, previous ep- or a couple previous episodes ago. Ugh, homie, I am loving, I'm loving Spotify. Like my whole like music library has been re-expanded. Like before I was just like uh, listening to the same shit over and over. You know, I'd find some bands randomly but I just kind of be in my own like little, you know, things I was used to listening to, but my world has been completely expanded and it's so fucking awesome. I love, I love listening to all the different bands. Like I think I told you like on the phone the other day, I got back into like pop punk and stuff like that. And uh, like, do you, do you fuck with pop punk at all? Like, do you listen to any, any pop punk bands or did you used to or anything like that? I mean, I was pretty, I wasn't into pop punk hard, but I was, I was a big Good Charlotte, Blink-182 fan. My favorite Blink album is the self-titled, I love the album. That's like, that, that, that's the album right there, bro. I love that shit. Yeah, that, that was, that was like my very first, like, I mean, I knew I wanted to be in a band like ever since I was a little kid, but like. When I got like super into pop pop punk, like Blink One Eight Two, that was my shit. Like, I I used to like with my two other friends. I was always Mark, uh, the bassist or whatever. Everybody know knows Mark Hoppus or whatever. And uh, we literally we didn't have guitars or drums or anything, but we like uh, cut out cardboard like shapings of guitars and drums and stuff like that. And we like put strings around us uh, like as guitar chords or whatever. And we just run around our neighborhood with a boombox, pretending we were like in Blink One Eighty Two. It was really fucking funny. We weren't we weren't running around naked, luckily. But uh, oh my god, yeah. I have the most amazing imagery now that you just said that. Little young Joe naked running around town with a cutout cardboard guitar, jamming to "I'm Feeling It" with a dick swinging. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> that's actually. <laughs> oh my God. I'm feeling it. 
that's gonna be, that's and, gonna be my saying of the whole podcast <laughs> if, oh my god if that was in what would make it worse is if i was like running around naked in cardboard the whole time and like that was the only only words i knew like so I'm just running around <laughs> feeling this <laughs> i'm feeling it feeling this. <laughs> Yo. all right man so what's good like, though? <laughs> well no okay so basically i was trying to say like all right so yeah like yeah good charlotte blink my a2 simple plan all those all those uh pop punk bands back in the day but since then i haven't really been keeping up with uh too much pop punk and all that sort of stuff uh until recently and now i've been like binging on it and uh one of my like two of my favorite band oh i guess i'd have to say three of my most recent finds i know they've been around for a while fuck you guys for judging me but whatever uh knuckle puck the story so far and real friends they are all really fucking amazing and i've always like seen their band names or whatever um but i never checked out the music i maybe like heard a song here or there but i never actually like checked out the music like hard like that and then i listened to all the albums i'm like this is fucking dope like it, it's really cool and i'm checking them out initially on spotify and you know how like when you like listen to a band you imagine like kind of what they look like or whatever like do you ever do that like i'm sure this guy looks like this if he's sounding like this you know what i mean yeah i do that all the time yeah so um i did that and usually i like if i'm like super into a band i kind of hold off on like looking at their videos because like i want to just like keep the image in my head <laughs> like of what i what i have expected uh and then i like look at these look at these bands or whatever and they are like completely different, uh, like looking more so like apparel wise and like kind of like the way their image is that like, like then it was like back in those old, you know, pop punk days where it was like more so of like a skater look. I don't really know what to describe like that, that image or that branding, but uh, it's something that I was not used to, but I was like, well, fuck it. I still love the music. What were they but- wearing? I, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like, uh, cause I'm not trying to fry cause I don't know like what the pop punk style is these days or whatever, but it was just like, it just wasn't the skater shit I was used to. It was like, it, it was, it just wasn't like, it was still like kind of like loose clothing, but it kind of seemed like, uh, like, like dad clothes. I don't really know how to put it. They're like that's kind of the best way I could put it. Uh, but like, I'm not talking like you know, random Nike stuff. But like, like I, 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 know, how to put I it. know exactly what you're saying now. Okay, so, um, but that kind of like brought me to think. I was just like, yo, I really like, I really fucked with this band. Uh, I mean, I still do. I like Knuckle Puck is probably one of my favorite bands in general right now like even including all my metal shit my post hardcore i'd definitely put them at my top 10 right now um and you know despite like that i I, like was caught off guard by like you know the way that they're branded or whatever but i did kind of want to bring that up it kind of like sparked my my uh thoughts on it like how important branding is uh or how maybe well, I guess 
we'll, we'll just dive into it. Like how, how important do you think, uh, you know, branding is, um, to, you know, to the music. I like, I already know, like straight off the bat, this is extremely important. Very like, important. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like whatever, whatever you're singing about or like whatever genre, whatever style you're going for. Um, I'll just say straight off the bat that like, at the very fucking least, y'all have to like the band together has to have something like flowing together. Like, I don't care what direction you're going with, like branding wise, but like, at least there has to be some sort of like fluidity or whatever, like to like, say like, Hey, this, this is us. We all are together. I agree with that. Cause I mean, look at, um, I mean, all my favorite bands of all time all had the a specific style or swag to them, or they they had their look down where they sounded like them. Like it, like for example, if I heard Limp Biscuit for the first time, I would think in my head probably some obnoxious, like annoying white guy, and Fred Durst <laughs> looks just like that, and that works. <laughs> or if I'm listening to like some crazy ass band for the first time, like Slipknot, like, damn, these guys must look insane. And they're wearing masks and shit. Like you have to go with how you sound. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Cause it, and not, not only that, but like, it kind of like, it kind of like shows that you're like, I, I don't know. It like, it just, it just makes sense. You don't want to like be off putting uh, and it kind of shows that you're taking like your, your band seriously. Cause uh, to be honest, like, I don't, I don't remember if I've shared the story on, uh, I definitely haven't. So yeah, I know we've talked about it, but uh, when we first got like picked up by uh, our first management company, like they loved our music and all of that, but we were still dressing as a local band and stuff like that we fucking i mean you know they they love they love the music they saw that the fans in our area love the music and uh you know they came out to see us and they're like all right so we want to we want to work with you guys but you guys need to go to fucking urban outfitters and get some new clothes because uh you guys don't look like you're in a band you just you look like you're in a local band so you have to you know at least look like you're making an effort into, you know, keeping that imagery. And a lot of people think that, like, I get the other side of it. Like, you don't want to, like, you know, cop or sell out. Maybe some people would call that, but I don't really think it's selling out. I think it's just, you know, I don't know. W would you call that selling out? Like, I don't know. No, nah, I mean, you know, there's a difference between, like, selling out and, like, trying to like just not look like you're a random kid who just picked up a guitar from guitar center and got your first show wearing some like you know sky blue levi's and like a slayer shirt like you kind of want to at least look like <laughs> you know what i'm saying you want to like you yeah. at least care about trying to look like you're in a band and like yeah, look, look, look more like you're in a band but don't look like a fan that's covering a band on stage like look like you're in a band yeah. i i would call that i wouldn't call that selling out i would call that standing out like i think that's that's like a good way to put it like you know you're you're standing out above you know you're it's almost like a like not saying that you're 
changing of clothes or brand or whatever is, you know, you saying, Hey, I'm taking this more seriously, but it's like, all right, cool. Well, this is like kind of the next, like I understand the business a little bit more and like, unfortunately, and fortunately, I mean, I, for me, I call it fortunately, but, um, you know, branding is a huge, like, that is a huge thing. Like whether you like it or not, that's extremely important for, uh, like most successful bands, like if not all, like most successful bands have some sort of branding gimmick, whether you know it or not. Like if you see some of these bands that started like way before they were signed, they looked like a local band and then all of a sudden they got signed and then they look how you like them, like how you got to find out about them. And they're just like, oh, okay, well, you guys, you guys grew into that. Well, yeah, at some point something had to change where everybody had to, you know, synchronize together and like kind of, you know, have that, have that essence of being in a band, like looking like they're in a band. So image is, you know, it is very important uh, for a band. Yeah, man. Cause uh, I have an example, just like yours. You may, you, I might've told you this before, but um, we're on tour and uh, it was in the middle of the tour and it was hot. We're in Florida, I think. This was like years ago. And like, we didn't care about our image at the time. Everyone's just wearing like, some of the guys are wearing like basketball shorts on stage and like just wearing like a wife beater, like whatever, just playing a show. And someone got a video of us and put it online and some like hardcore, like chick fan who like just, who like just discovered us was like, man, I just heard you guys. I love your name. You guys are like heavy and dark, but like, what's up with your guys' attire? And like, you know what I'm saying? She was like literally clowning us, but like still showing like, <laughs> but, like, but, like still showing uh still showing some respect. And I was like, man, we got to look more like how, how we sound and how our logo looks. And like, you got to look a little more hard because we're a fucking deathcore band. And you know, it's the same thing. You can't just wear whatever you want up there. Yeah. One band that uh, comes to mind that just kind of has an exception. And uh, again, I don't remember if it was just us talking about it on the phone or uh, if we talked about it on the podcast, but I'll bring it up again. Uh, one band that was like an exception, uh, RIP was Scary Kids Scaring Kids because, like, literally every single one of those members looked completely different. Like, each one of those band or each one of those band members could have been in a completely different genre. Like, all right, you're in an emo band, you're in a stoner hippie band, you're in a death metal band, you're in a Slayer cover band, or whatever. Um, you can you can like see everybody was it, it they all definitely look completely different but somehow it still all worked i don't know how they did it uh, i don't know if it was like i'm being biased because i love the music or if you know it just kind of just worked that way and that's something that i liked about them but you know there's exception my point of bringing that up is there's exceptions you know you can make it um you just have to you know if you if you want to stick to what you're doing, just make it work for, you know, work for the band. And if it's if it's working, go for it. Like that that's cool. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of worked for them because I I went to one of their shows, um, big show. You were probably there. I think it was at a record theater like years ago. Yep, I was there. Yeah, yeah, and that was cool, and it still worked for them because I wasn't big on them. I knew a couple tracks back in the day. I forgot who, who I was there for, 
And it definitely did work for him. It kind of fit, like, you know, what they were doing. Like, even though they all look different, they still, I could still see them, like, you know, being like there's goofy kids that hang out together, and but they're all, like, different but also the same. It's hard to explain, but, but like, I got it. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't weird for me. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Like, okay, that, that's cool. But it's very important, though. You know, image is just as important as the music. You can sound as good as you want, but if you guys are not caring about how you look and you're wearing a bunch of uh, clothes from Walmart, I think you might turn a lot of people off. So, like, it's just as important. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, you know, it's... I, th- I think I brought it up earlier, but it's it's really an, an, an investment... Uh, like in yourself and in your band and you know that kind of like expands not only like you know branding but you know even like transitioning from being a local band to being taken more seriously it's not just the the look or whatever that also like translates into like you know the gear and shit like that like right oh of course it's the same with gear the more you care segway yeah the, the segway well like it, it goes hand in hand like if you show you care about your band and your image and your look and you're looking good playing shows and you're wearing the, you know, some fresh stuff, cool. Same goes with your gear. If you're on stage with, you know, some first act share, like little combo, you know, combo <laughs> amp trying to play some big venues, people in the crowd see that same, same with your attire too. It's just kind of like how serious is this musician opposed to having your own stack like everybody else on the show and you know kind of looking professional it's all it's like going to a job you want to dress to impress you want to be on top of your game you don't want to show up and just look half-assed because that's how you're going to be taken yeah no i mean and i like i feel like i i would like even though we were, we were talking about the branding part first i still i i, I would i would probably say that uh the gear upgrade should probably happen before the image upgrade, even though the, the, like the branding image upgrade is probably going to be cheaper to do the, the gear upgrade is just going to be, that's like so much. It's like, number one. <laughs> like, it, it, that, that's so much more. Cause like, honestly, like as, as soon as we like graduated from combo amps and shit like that, like it just, it was, just night and day like it, like just not only did it like look better but like it just felt better to play like i had a lot more fun doing it like obviously i was a vocalist i didn't have to mess with any gear or whatever but like it just felt fun it felt more legit and uh you know it it just there were there were far less you know technical difficulties and shit like that it, you know it just it's really worth the investment of and and also I I know we we were gonna bring this up. It also shows that you're in, invested in the band. Like if you're spending some coin on on a decent like head and cab and shit like that, or decent drum set, all that all that sort of stuff. If you're dropping coin, then you're not only like showing everybody else that you're you know taking this seriously. You're showing your bandmates that like, hey guys, I'm in this with you guys. Like. I'm dropping coin and I'm invested in this. And then when you see the whole band do that, that's a really cool thing. I don't really hear many people talk about that, but like, it's kind of like an unspoken respect that I'm just like, damn, 
you you just upgraded. I I fucking respect the hell out of that. That's that's fucking dope. And then and then it makes the other guys. And then it becomes like everyone wants to be at the top of their game to try to, you know, look all together with the gear. It's like, man, he just got that. I mean, I mean I've been thinking about upgrading to some new pedals or whatever. He his shit sounds so good. Like I can't, you know, it's, it, it it becomes fun. Then like, and at the end of the day, your band just sounds amazing. Everyone's trying to, you know, keep up with each other, with being professional and having the best gear. And the next thing you know, you're like the best sounding band in town. Yeah. I, I remember as soon as uh, uh, my old guitarist Juan got wireless, like everybody was on a rush to get wireless right away because like Juan played a show like with wireless and you can just see him just like going harder than he ever has before. He he always like went went really hard, but uh like everybody saw like that he was just like yeah i don't have to worry about cables it's all good yeah this is all this is great everybody was just like okay how much how much do you get that for uh how much do they sell that for you at guitar center like i need i need a fucking wireless like at the next show for sure so like yeah it does it does motivate the other members to you know step up their game too and uh again like you know obviously there's other stuff you know that i paid for or i mean I pay for a lot of shit, but um, uh, just in general, even being being a vocalist, I, I could see the investment that the rest of my band was making, and I thought that was really cool, and I respected that, so that was cool. And a little callback to our previous podcast with Will, which um, you can check out on the on the you know on 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 whatever you you're jamming us on by now. And uh, I'm super interested in grabbing a wireless mic for myself that he was talking about because. I've used some before, and, and and they're great. I know you have your own thing, but I'm a big fan of the wireless big time. I definitely want to snag one up. The, I, I don't – I can't imagine that. Like, I don't think I've used a wireless once. It's so I, like, good. <laughs> I don't – like, okay, so, well, I don't know if we, like, dug too deep into it because we'll it. towards – we got, we got fucking – well, Will was, Will was lit, you were lit, and then – Everybody just lost their train of thought. But uh, what what uh, what intrigues you about it? Like, what do you like about it? Like, what like what's well the, what, the same things that Will was saying in, in that podcast. Um, check it out again. But um, I feel the same way. It's too many times, you know, it gets tangled on something. Too many times, like I'm doing my thing and going back and forth or whatever it is, and like someone is stepping on the cable and then like it falls out my hand because I think it's free and I'm trying to walk somewhere and it falls because it just stops or, you know, it gets tangled, you name it. And having the wireless, is it, it looks good. It looks great always. And you don't have to worry about stupid shit happening on stage, especially small stages where it happens the most. And I, I think that's convenient. I think that that's very convenient. And I know you like to do the tricks with swinging the, the cord and all that that's cool but i mean for me i can definitely do without that yeah i mean i guess i at that point it just comes down to like personal preference yeah um, yeah exactly like it's not really necessary i mean i haven't i haven't had my own i've been touring you know tour like 20 times and it's not a big deal but whenever i had a chance to use one it was always real cool and if I had one of my own, I would probably always use it. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I yeah, cool. That, that we'll, we'll leave that to preference of, of, of taste just because, you know, I, I like I try to like envision myself like using a wireless microphone and I'm like, I like I don't want to hold this thing the whole time. That's like that's why I like having a microphone stand sometimes in some of my songs. And that's why uh, when I don't feel like holding it, I just wrap the cord around my wrist. And uh, I don't know. But that that's just part of my like that's just part of my performance anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can totally respect that, and the reason why I liked it is because of that. Because when I have the wireless mic, like, it, like the cords there, it just feels like something's there. Even though something's there with the wireless, like I can still do my moves if I pretend to put it like by the drums and like do something real quick. It's so much lighter because you you don't have nothing's being pulled on it. It the, it depends on the mic you have, but like you forget that it's. That you don't that you even have a mic in your hand sometimes. It's just like freedom. You just have a little fucking bar in your hand that's not catching your voice. Like I think it's cool, but I, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I'll like I'll uh I'll equate it to uh something that's gonna be completely far fetched, but it's like uh for me, like it's like an extension of the microphone that like well, obviously, literally it is, but uh, it's like an extension of the microphone that like, for me, particularly, it like adds to the performance and it kind of like, you know, heightens it. So like, I'll equate it to if I'm like headbanging and doing like, like hair spins or like just rocking out with my hair uh, and like just rocking the fuck out and you see my hair waving back and forth rather than if I did that same sort of motion and try to pull off the same tricks and add my head shaved, it would just look like I'm some dude bobbing my head like a crazy person. Like it doesn't look as cool to me anyway. But uh that was a very that, interesting comparison, but I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, that's just kind of where, where I was going with hey, that. Man, but, yeah. You know, for listeners, if you want to try it out cool, if you have your preference, that's cool. At at the end of the day, as long as if you're a front man and you're killing it and you, whatever, you know, you like, and you're killing it, that's all that matters, and, you know, keep it up. Absolutely, and uh, I guess the, the main the main thing we were talking about at, at that point was, uh, you know, just, you know, having, having you know, the, the everybody's, like, investing in their gear and shit like that, like, show, showing how serious they are uh, about being in the band, and, you know, for, for the most part, you know, a lot of people do, kind of follow suit but then not saying that this is like an indicating thing but uh you know you do kind of find out not because of that but it just happens with bands in general uh whether it's that or you know any other reason uh you may find some sort of you know like lack of you know investment or at least equal investment that the rest of the band has and that's when you kind of like start to weed out or kind of see who's actually serious about it again not talking about just gear but it could be anything and you kind of see see some people sort of you know not show as much interest like oh shit these guys are taking it seriously uh you know i was kind of just doing this at the local thing but things are starting to pick up and you know that's Unfortunately, when it happens with every single band, you're going to you're going to be dropping some members and some members are going to quit 
some band members are going to not be pulling their weight and you have to, you have to drop them. And that's just something that fucking happens. So I, I think that would be a cool thing to dive into. Segway. So, Segway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that right now. Cause you know, no one really knows right now, even when this comes out, I have a project and, you know, I've gone through three or four members already before the band's announced. Cause we're trying to, you know, trim the fat early. And it's a lot of the things like what you said, you know, uh, from my example, uh, which is still out there. And you got a bunch of people who can say they're about it. And I feel for the bands that have to go through this too. Like you never know, you know, how good or bad a member will be unless you start working with them. Like everyone's going to say exactly what you want to hear to kind of get in there and try them out. If they have talent, that's cool. But as far as getting to know them as, as a person and seeing how you vibe, there's no way to figure that out unless you start working with them and, you know, everyone's around them all the time and do a trial period or whatever it is. And uh, sometimes it doesn't work out, whether it's attitude, you know, lack of showing up or you're, you're they're not trying to up, update their gear, but they're talented. You have to have the full package sometimes. And, uh, you know, it, it's real tough sometimes, man. Um, every band demands something different than the next, but uh, it's real tough. Like that's the hardest thing. These members, you you can't do anything without them. Yeah, I mean, in like in that that like honestly, the the dropping of members is probably like even one single member. That's probably one of the biggest reasons that like so many bands just break up. Even if it's just one member. They're just like, ugh. Like, even just the, like, I'm going to say this, but I don't, like, whatever. I don't mean it like that. But even just, like, the weakest bands, they'll be like, uh, oh, shit, we lost we lost one member. Well, fuck it. I don't feel like trying that hard. Well, that kind of weeds out the rest of them because they didn't really care that much about the project if one member is going to be the determining factor of why you guys aren't going to keep trying. Like, every band should know that like basically the point of bringing this up is like unless you just happen to get lucky and strike gold more than likely you'll have to replace you know you go you, you might have to go through a couple members uh to like finally find the right fit and you know you and i have definitely had to go through that plenty of times and you know that never stopped stopped us or stopped our momentum and you know we just kind of roll with the punches like just keep it going um but you know it never like stopped the whole band like one one member leaving the band shouldn't have all that power otherwise you know just that means that band was never really legitimate or like legitimately yeah first you there yeah, yeah, I thought you, I thought you got off. I was, I was done with my point. I thought you were gonna go. Oh, I thought you were still going. I mean, I, I, I'm feeling that for sure, man. And uh, yeah, yeah. you know, when these things do happen, you know, let's talk about how how you handle it and how you approach if if it's worth putting out to the public or kind of keeping it hush. Because in my opinion, you know, unless your band has made some impact and people know who the members are if you're just starting out and something happens after you drop your first EP, it's like a couple of weeks down the line and your bass player or something had to get dropped or he left, you know, you don't have to make a post the same day, 
based on the hype you have for your album, like that that would be a bad time to kind of, you know, put some negative into the picture. And, uh, you know, from my experience, don't say anything until you have someone lined up, ready to go, and then announce you have a new member and yada, yada. You don't have to make a couple different posts. Someone, someone's gone now. Oh, and this guy is in, like, a month later. Like, you can kind of do all that in one post when you have this new person ready to go. And uh, sometimes you don't have to say anything if, if you're not really, uh, if you don't have that steam. You have to be a really good judge about it, though, because uh, sometimes you do have to pay respect to certain members if they've been in since day one. Yeah, yeah. And something I'm, I'm thinking about just now that I actually never thought about Besides uh, Kami Sato's very first record, and I don't think many people know about it, especially, again, I didn't even know about it until I just thought about it right now. Besides We're Waiting, um, We're Waiting was the only record where all, all members of the band, uh, you know, we made the record and then we actually, like, played those songs together. Uh, like, you know, we, we had the band and then we played the songs, we toured on the songs. But after that, like during the recording process for the life I'm missing for pulse for uh faceless. And then we moved on to the other band, uh, phantoms, uh, even then while we were recording during each thing, we were going through member changes, like just like right in the middle. So like the worst timing kind of, but like if, if there's any time to do it, like that's kind of, that's kind of the one. And a lot of it, you know, had to do with, you know, the the commitment that we were kind of talking about earlier where like, you know, hey, we're making moves and we have to, you know, we have to drop this sort of money. We have to travel to do this sort of stuff. Um, this is just part of what we have to do to pay our dues. Um, so whoever can't do it, that that's just, it is what it is. Um, but we're still going to continue and have to figure out something along the way. But yeah, so I, I just, I didn't never thought about that. So like every single record we were going through a member change and that's pretty it's pretty weird and 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 i mean that that's ideal for uh for you because it is the best time where you're not actually you know demanded to go tour left and right and then someone dips out before a tour because i've been there for that too uh, you remember justin right of course yeah yeah of course so my abandoned dying arms listeners we had um we had the very first tour after we got signed um, to Artie Recordings, this was like November or something like that, 2012, we had a tour lined up, full country tour, and six days before the tour, our lead guitarist quit the band. So uh, best believe and trust that was a mess. And we had to scrounge and find somebody to fill the shoes real quick teaching the set and hope to God they were cool to be gone on a tour for a month. Yeah. I, I actually, I, Oh yeah. I remember, I remember that. Uh, I Wasn't remember that, that crazy? <laughs> that's pretty fucking insane. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, I, 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 I would equate that along the same lines of, uh, like my situation that happened where, uh, we found out that we were going to play one of the dates of Warp Tour. And then uh, my synth player and my lead guitarist as well both quit the band like two days before Warp Tour, like literally two days before Warp Tour. 
and we're like, all right, the synth part is fine because, you know, we can backtrack and shit like that. That's cool. But uh, we definitely just can't be a four piece band doing this stuff uh, and make it like look legit. And then luckily uh, we had, you know, a fan at the time who had been like releasing YouTube covers and, you know, was covering a lot of our, our, our songs and he's really talented at guitar and he just learned our set or like the rest of the songs in less than 48 hours and ended up playing Warped Tour. Like, honestly, if I was, if I was that dude, like, and I was like, you know, just, he, he was, he was in like local bands or whatever, but if I got hit up by some band that I really loved and I was just like, or they approached me saying, Hey, uh, can you learn our whole set before warp tour? And then you could play warp tour. That would have just blew my fucking mind. And I know he was super stoked about it. And yeah, that, that was, I mean, he was, it was a clutch fucking move and he fucking pulled it off and it was a great ass show. It's actually uh clips of it are still on YouTube, which is pretty cool. Um, on one of the, like the warp tour roundups or whatever. You know, props um, to him, man. Like he came in real clutch and it sucks that those members dipped out so soon, which, which goes to show like, you know, to, to be honest, not thinking about it, it blows my mind how if you're, if you've been involved with the band for, you know, that, that long and you decide to, to cause whatever, leave right before something that big, you know what I mean? And, and then cause stress for the rest of the band. I think that's a really bad way to, to go out because there's a lot of musicians who do that to bands and we just had two examples of our own and i'm like why why are these musicians doing that if you're not feeling the project at least play the fucking dope ass show whoop tour and then tell them hey this is be my last show and show some right. show some love and respect and then go go about your way but when those things happen it's it's kind of like what the fuck man yeah, it, uh, yeah. Um and honestly like for me like it's it's the same thing as like you know I I approach being in a band the same way I approach being in like a relationship or whatever. Like if if I want if I want this thing to be long term, I'm going to be like straight up about it. And so like if if you want to like I want people in my band who are going to be like Yes, 100% down. Like, don't fucking lie to me. Like, if you only want this to be a casual thing, then, like, that, you know, we just play a bunch of local shows and you're not really trying to, like, tour and, like, do all that sort of stuff. I mean, I, that's, like, you know, that's not what I'm I'm trying to do with the band. Uh, you have to, like, just don't, like, don't lie and pretend that you do want to actually be in a fucking band, Uh and like make all these moves and shit like that. And then when things actually do pop off and get successful, you're just like, all right, actually, uh, yeah, this isn't what I want to do. I mean, yeah, people can change their mind. That That's fine. But like, if you think that you're changing your mind ahead of time, just like re re with a relationship, let me know ahead of time so that like, we're not like getting too far into it. <laughs> and then it makes things harder when, uh, you know, we're pretty deep in, in into the, into you know, making music, booking tours and shit like that, sign up for warp tour and all that sort of shit. You can't it just doesn't help anybody. So if if you want to be in just a casual local band, 
be straight about it from the beginning and you find find some dudes that want to do that like there's plenty of people who just want to play music locally on the weekends or maybe bars uh you know throughout the uh week like yeah there's tons of people that you can do do that with but don't waste your time on other people really trying to like invest their time and you know sacrifice uh i mean a lot into being in a band i don't think I mean, people know what they're getting into half the time because like for example the the guys that i brought into the band that weren't working out they didn't know what they were getting into because like i like the stuff i'm telling them because i have a vision and i have a know-how and how i want things to go but the same local band guys anywhere else could have the same dream but some of these people don't know what they're getting into when they find a, a band where you'll never know, like some of the members in the band might actually be about that and know how to do it. Then just saying like, this is my dream and I want to do this and do that. And then when it starts picking up, Oh, I, I wasn't ready to start going on tour. I wasn't ready to start putting down money for merchandise and all that. It's like, what do you expect? You have the same dream, but you're not down with the, with the reality of it. And that's kind of what happened with my guitarist I told you about. He, he was all about the music, Justin was, and he wasn't about the touring life. But best believe when our first tour happened, he was stoked that the opportunity came. But then once we started picking up steam and more was coming in, he wasn't about it, and he just straight dipped out. That's fine, but the way of going out, going about that wasn't cool, and it's going on like... You, you just need to know what you're getting into if you're joining a band because you never know. Bands blow up out of nowhere sometimes. Your band might blow up. Are you down to to go for that ride or are you going to bail out because it gets too real? You know, I don't know, man. It, it, it's tricky out there, man. Real tricky topic. Yeah. And to be honest, like, you know, even the people who really do want it to be like that's their main focus like that's their main goal a lot like even so you still see those bands get weeded out throughout the bunch like more often than the people who keep going because they see that life and they see that like even after you get to that point like where you're getting a bunch of stuff it's still really fucking hard and it still takes takes a lot and like it takes a lot more than you initially think or whatever. And I know you and I have gotten to, you know, a pretty decent, like an okay uh, point in our musical careers. And, you know, we're still pursuing it and want to get way further than where we got. But even even at the levels that you and I got to, people were dropping off. Everybody was dropping off. Not not our bands in particular, like, but like just people who like get to that stage, they're just like, fuck, I can't do that. I don't want to fucking tour for nobody and get paid nothing and have to struggle when I get home and, you know, wonder if I'm going to be on tour again soon or like have to dish out more money. There, there's just so much more that we, we can cover. Yeah. It's all about the sacrifice, man. The, some of these guys don't know how much needs to be sacrificed. They're all about the dream until they see what comes along with that. And then it becomes not fun for some of those members. But for me, that's fun. Like, doing all the the nitty-gritty work and all this and that because those are the things you're going to look back on when you do get somewhere it's like man you remember all that stuff that we went through like all the good times and memories that we had even though it's still a lot of work 
it can be fun. But some of those type of people that we're talking about, they don't see it that way. They see it as, I just want to like be able to have all my money and fucking just play music and be famous and sit at home with my girl and watch Netflix. Like, bro, I don't even have internet, bro. I'm keeping my financials to a bare minimum. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that's a sacrifice. I've gone so many tours and missed so many birthdays for family and friends. And, you know, it's all about the sacrifice. And I was okay with it. But not everyone is is me or you or you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I mean, I, I like I, I'm 100 percent and we'll, we'll dive into it more. But I'll lead I'll lead into this topic because I feel like we can definitely there's a lot of different avenues we can talk uh, tackle with. There's plenty, you know, the topic of sacrifice um, and we'll get into it. But I'll lead into it by saying who like is it really worth pursuing if you're saying, Hey, yeah, uh, I got to do this the easy way. Like there's, there's no memories tied to that. Like, yeah, I just had this, had this handed to me easy, but like, yeah, that's cool. You can, you know, have, have some stroke of luck and things could happen easy, but do you know how much, more gratifying and how much more you felt like you accomplished something if you actually like did sacrifice something and you saw that your work paid off and you know what to be honest if you sacrifice shit and it didn't pay off and you end up not going down that route then the sacrifice that you had was hey i got to you know i I sacrificed my time and i i found out that this wasn't the thing for me but i didn't want to yeah, like it's better that than saying, "All right, well, what if I never did that? At least I sacrificed everything I could. At least I did absolutely everything I could to pursue my dreams, or as far as I could go to pursue my dreams." And I just, you know, I I won't ever wonder what if. So you know, there's two sides to that coin. There but, are, and not to mention, yeah. you know, if you try and nothing comes of it, something does come. You create so many memories. Like that's life. That's the point of life, right? Creating memories. Oh, man, you remember when we had to fucking throw in for a van? Oh, you remember when we fucking crashed in that crazy lady's fucking, you know, basement, like, on tour? Oh, we played for 10 people that day. Yeah, you sacrificed to do those things. You didn't get famous, but did you have a good time? Was it, like, something that's left a mark on you? Absolutely, and it shapes you into who you are. And And would would you rather have... Would you rather have like spent those those years uh, like creating those memories or would you be like, yeah, I remember, uh, you know, the other week or uh, last year, whew, Christmas break was rough at work. <laughs> <laughs> living that, living that, you know, standard life. That Black Friday was, How boring was hectic. Is that? How boring is that? Those, Come on. <laughs> that's what i'm saying you're not you're not creating memories on black friday you're creating memories like taking risks and you know you know getting outside your comfort zone and you know exploring different opportunities um and you know you still gotta be smart about it but at the same time you do have to sacrifice for whatever you're passionate about i like i refuse to ever be a passionate list lifeless fucking person just being okay with 
working, making enough money to live doing something that is okay to do. Like I'd rather take lit, take risks and sacrifice, you know, all the different shit that we'll, we'll dive into for sure. Uh, than that, like, so I can you know, at least have create some memories because there's memories and there's character development that you go through. There's a lot of different things that really help when you, when you're sacrificing, uh, for, for, you know, chasing after what you, what, what your, what your dreams are really. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, I, I just love it. I mean, I fucking love it. Cause I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, we, we have stories for days about all different time periods of our musical careers and, it's always entertaining and fun and like going through that was, was good and fun. And a lot of people are missing out, you know, a lot of people who, uh, you know, just want to be a rock star, whatever the case may be, but are intimidated by how rough the lifestyle is if they want to be really harsh about it. But, you know, it's all about how bad do you really want it? It's not even really that bad. Like yeah. sacrifice, man. You have to sacrifice for anything you want. Even going to and, college and trying to be a fucking lawyer or something. You you gotta you gotta financial aid out the ass or you're you're paying people back and you're you know what I'm saying, like anything, you're sacrificing something, time, money, anything. How bad do you want it? Yeah, the uh I mean so uh like I said, there, there's definitely a, a few different things. Shit, we're mean, getting started, Joe. There, there's a lot of different things that uh, come or like, you know, a lot of different sacrifices you make. But uh, one one I'll lead off with, which is the most obvious one. Uh, it kind of like it reminds me of a status I saw the other day. Uh, I'm going to misquote it like shit right now. But um, it was something along the lines of uh, being in a band is basically being poor on expert mode. And yeah, that's basically what it is. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, so, I love that. it's so true. You, you like musicians, all of them. You, yeah. You're so used to being broke and poor, but like, but you, you know, pull it off. Yeah. You pull it <laughs> off. You're still, you know, dressing nice. You're still presenting yourself nice. Well, most of them really do. And you, a, a lot of musicians I know have, really strong goals outside of what they want to do for music. Like they, they're passionate about other things and their actual day-to-day hobbies, you know, like what they're into, like they're really into it. And uh, it's, it's just a certain type of person, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it like kind of does like, like feed into the starving artist thing really, because um, I mean, not feed into, but like, you know, it's along the same lines of that because, yeah, we. I mean, musicians are artists too, but at, like with musicians too, they also, you know, have to, you know, keep up their image and stuff like that. With, you know, photographers, any any other sort of like artists or whatever, you know, they don't have to like necessarily like appear like they're like living living larger than life and all that sort of stuff. But like, that's the kind of the the big difference in artistry when it comes to to a musician versus the other arts where like you kind of are expected to like and kind of expected and assumed to already be in like a you know a larger than life or like you know higher higher i don't know quite how to put it but i think larger than life sort of persona is the best way to put it 
Um, when really like, you know, these dudes looking like, yeah, I got, I got these nice ass boosts, blah, blah, blah. I got these, uh, all these accessories and shit like that. Meanwhile, uh, they're like, all right, so they're eating ramen. <laughs> like, yeah, they're eating, they're in ramen noodles every day or ramen, whatever. I call them ramen. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm apparently wrong about that, but you might it. be. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. Ramen. <laughs> I mean, ramen's funny. Eating ramen noodles, nigga. <laughs> I've called that. I've called it that my entire life, and I'm not even gonna get into it because I always lose this argument. But I still think I'm right, so whatever. I mean, as long as you think it, man. I mean, it 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 saves my life, and it saved my life being in a band and continuing <laughs> to do Ramen's so. like killing my life. I'm not eating ramen ever again. I mean, it's like that was that was the best fucking tour food. <sighs> Shit, I can't stand ramen now. I had too much. I've had too much, too much ramen, man. Too much. <clears throat> Guess you're on that peanut butter bread if you're going on tour then. Fuck no, nigga. I'm hitting the dollar menu, son. Hey. <laughs> okay, they they are well over that dollar menu. They they that doesn't exist anymore. Hey man, I'm hitting that dollar fifty menu, nigga. What's good? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even care. Like on tour, they, like let's talk about this. Is like super super side note, but I think it'd be cool just to dive into this real quick, my nigga Joe. And talk about what it's like on tour, like as far as hygiene and and and, and eating habits, because we haven't talked about that. That's a good. That's a good something. Something. This is this is a this is a very free form uh, podcast we got today, folks. Let, let's get it. Uh. So yeah, I mean, uh, the the eating habits are not great not for all. sure, especially for a picky eater like me, where. Uh, most venues, if they like offer food or whatever, most like nine times out of 10, it's pizza. And I like, for me, I don't like pizza sauce, so I can't eat, I can't, well, I don't like tomato sauce, so I, I can't eat Bitch. that. So I'm just, I was struggling, I was struggling hardcore on all the tours or whatever. Luckily there was one night in New York in a water town and they saw I wasn't eating the pizza and like, usually I'm respectful about it. Like I just like, you know, pretend I'm stoked and whatever, but uh, somebody noticed I wasn't eating. And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm just not hungry. I, I just ate. I was like, and they were like, no, you haven't, like, you just played, and I've, like, we've been hanging out this whole time. You haven't just ate. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. And he's like, you don't like pizza, do you? And I was like, you caught me. And so he fucking bought me uh, some uh, buffalo wings and that was my favorite food and I was like fucking thank Christ this is the best day on tour this is this is awesome so <laughs> shout out to your yeah you man that's fucking cool though I wish I got that type of treatment because I but pizza yeah. you're right nine, nine, nine times out of ten actually like usually ten out of ten like you getting some little Caesars my nigga yep yep <laughs> every single time and like if they brought some like crazy bread with that little Caesars, I'd be all over it. But uh, yeah, it was just the pizza. They're just like, we're not gonna give you guys breadsticks. Who do you guys think you are? <laughs> yeah, man. And I'll talk about how nitty and gritty some of the guys were getting. You remember uh, Convictions, the vocalist Mike? He was literally just getting cans of Chef Boyardee, not even heating it up, just eating it straight out the can with a little like <laughs> disposable spoon, and just like that was his meal today. And I was like. 
damn, bro. Like, that is the struggle right there. I mean, I respect th- that, it, but I can't. Ah, shit, I'm not about to do that. <laughs> I mean that that band has always played it smart. I definitely do want to get get one of one or two of those guys on the podcast at some point. I give them but, props, though. I'm sure they were saving a lot of their per diems. I don't even know if they were really doing it because they were like, if they were like, they were I guess saving it because niggas was, was eating pretty, you know, pretty pretty down there. And it's cool though. You got to do what you got to do. I'm just saying, like. On tour, especially like the 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 last year or so of my musical career, I took so much. I really cared more about what I ate on tour because I felt like shit all the time, like hitting up the McDonald's or whatever. Like I I try my best not to go to McDonald's on tour after, especially the tour with you guys. I was I, I was over it. Like I I, I don't want to see it. It's the worst. Yeah, I. I... Even still to this day, like I rarely go to fast food restaurants, like especially McDonald's, but just most fast food restaurants these days, I'm just like, uh, I don't even. But that's it. tour, and like, but, kind of like a lot of these bands coming out there listening, guys, like you, you probably know, like you, that's going to be what that's going to be your 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 go to because you guys aren't making a lot of money, and you go on tour with like a hundred dollars, but you don't want to spend it all, so you want to like kind of. Ration the guap and only spend like three bucks today. Oh, McDonald's is right there. Hey. <laughs> yeah, honestly, my like my very first tour that we did, uh it was like a ten day tour, but it was like I mean it definitely wasn't super healthy, but like it it worked. Um like every single day we would only spend three dollars a day and we would just we always called it Jesus Jesus bread or whatever. In the in the uh, whatever city we were in, we went to the went to the grocery store and got some sort of like the fresh the freshest baked bread that you can get, and you know that usually costs like a dollar or like two dollars, and it was a huge loaf of bread, and we just ate that. Sometimes it had cheese on it. It was cool. We ate that, and then we bought like a one dollar like gallon of water, and so we only spent like three bucks a day to feed us through a 10 day tour and that saved us so much money. And that was sick. I think the only way that, that like actually worked was because we were super stoked to be on tour and uh, we didn't care. We're just like, all right, if this is the only bad thing, then all right, cool. We'll just eat bread and water all day. That's fine. Uh, but you know, you, when you start touring more consistently, bread and water every day is not, uh, that's not going to, that's not going to be great. <laughs> yeah, and one thing is, like, most bands do per diems, and I, I can't stand when a lot of these these guys out there just kind of throw it all away real quick. Because, I mean, I'll have an example that's a good one. Um, I mean, this is probably a, a huge mistake on, on, on my part, which is a trial and error for me. Um, with my last band, after a while, you know, things are getting a, a little more expensive, and we... Uh, we were always doing like five dollars per day per diem, and you know, like you said, the harmony wasn't a thing anymore, and it's not enough to to really get two meals in. Like you wake up, you need to get a meal. You you got to get a meal, you know, before you go to sleep or like after the show sometime during like a long drive, and motherfuckers wouldn't have the money. So we decided to up the per diem to ten, and we 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 could afford that because we were getting 
better guarantees. That wasn't that's not really the mistake. Um, my dudes were getting a little too comfortable, and I noticed every day for a while. I don't know what it was. They thought they were balling. They would like try to hit up Quiznos or like even Chipotle or like some some dang spot for lunch and spend all their money and the show's done and they're talking about where are we going for dinner and they always ask me and I'm like I'm trying to just go somewhere cheap they're like well that's cool but we all don't have any money we use it all today and we don't have any money and I mean nigga gotta eat so I was going along I'm like damn but they kept doing it I should have put my foot down but uh that's a mistake on my part but that was pretty uh that was pretty shitty too we were losing so much money luckily we didn't have anything like big to to pay for coming home from tour nothing coming up so it wasn't really like a huge shot in the foot but I definitely thought something was funny about that definitely Stick to your per diems out there, man, because the more money you have coming home, the more you can invest in your band for something else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah we, we never really, like, well, the last, the, the last few tours that we da- did, uh, we definitely had per diems, uh, but you, the, the very, like, for the most of, like, my touring experience or whatever, uh, it was just kind of like out of pocket, which, you know, kind of was, I mean, it, it was what it was. Like some people had money saved up, some people didn't. And then, you know, you see some people eating real, real well. And then you see other people like living off, off ramen or ramen or whatever. And, uh, no, I mean, nobody really complained, uh, in those stages or whatever. Um, but yeah, the per diem thing like that, that is really important with, uh, with tour, like, yeah, you might, you might, you can, you can, you can justify, you know, trying to save money, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the per diem thing, at least on tour, at the very least, five bucks is good. Um, like it, like for me personally, I feel like five bucks is, is good per, per day or whatever. So that, you know, if you want to be like really, if you want to be smart about it, go to a grocery store and like get some like cheap stuff that might last you a few days. And if you really want to get like a good hot meal or whatever, um, then whatever you have saved up or whatever, uh, then you can have a hot meal every once in a while. But that's kind of tying into what I'm talking about. That's all part of the sacrifice. Yeah. You can't have a fucking hot meal every fucking day. You can't get spoiled like that. Like, Y'all aren't nobody's nobody's rock stars in those beginning stages. Like you can't have a hot meal every day. Nah, that's something you have to sacrifice. Definitely cannot. And that's a big thing too. Like if you're going on tour, motherfucking save people. I mean, even going out with a hundred dollars is better than you know, I had some guys coming out with I'm talking literally like twenty bucks, thinking they were really gonna live off per diems. Like, you can, you can, but it's not gonna be easy. Kind of with a hundred bucks at the bare minimum, you can last with that with your per diems. You can have two meals a day and you know eat okay. Then trying to like you know waste your twenty bucks after four days and then you're living on five bucks. Period. 
And some of my dudes in the band smoke cigarettes, and they were like, they were trying to make it happen. <laughs> like, I'm like, right. you can't make it happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't. Some dudes wouldn't even eat because they'd rather smoke cigarettes. I'm like, man, I wish musicians were better with money because let's be real, most musicians are not, including me. Nope. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, absolutely. That was, if I could like be man enough to admit, well, which I am doing it now, but, uh, that was one of the biggest things for sure for me. I, I I was horrible with my with my money. Uh I mean that's mostly why I was living off of uh Raymond or whatever. Um, don't say whatever it's Raymond. Well yeah, well Raymond Raymond and bread, but honestly like also because I was a picky eater anyway, so I wasn't <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it like I like honestly I what like I was okay with it like I wasn't like I wasn't like like struggling like that like I was just like all right yeah I mean that's fine I understand whatever but it would have been a lot nicer to be like all right I wish I didn't have to worry about uh like where my per, per diems are going I just want to fucking balance this out better but that's just something you learn and uh that's again, part of this podcast too is, you know, we're sharing our stories because, you know, we don't want, this is, this is the sort of stuff that we wish we had the information of ahead of time, or we got to hear these sort of stories uh, before we like got into this sort of stuff so that we can take it into account and, you know, apply it uh, or, or not apply it, whatever. Maybe you want to go through it yourself and see how it is, but it would be, at least useful advice and be like, all right, cool. Yeah. Well now this makes sense. So let me, uh, let me uh, adjust accordingly. So that, that, you know, that's kind of why we bring some of this stuff up. Yeah, man. There, there's so many things with that real quick though. I don't know if this is a good idea or not. In my opinion, it's not because I, I have, I had dudes before who would like pack things before tour, like food and like bring like a cooler or something or, uh, a big old bag full of just like munchies and stuff like yeah i just want to like kind of save per diems and like save on meals and eat what i got i think that's cool but it never works out because during the van rides motherfuckers be munching and then when everyone stops to eat together with the per diems that we all don't have a box full of food and that motherfucker's still going out and getting grub like you just eating more because you got more on hand <laughs> like yeah well <laughs> I mean, that always happens it, it, uh, no i mean it does it does always happen and like uh this is a human thing it's cool to bring stuff but like i guess no, I mean, when you're in that I, mood like you, you don't do what you want to do before you actually head out there it, it it comes down to like just having a fucking what's that word i'm looking for i'm losing the word you have to have the will. Self-discipline? The, the, yeah, the discipline. That's what it was. You have to have the fucking discipline to not eat that shit. Because, like, I do I do the same shit even when I'm fucking at home, like, not touring or whatever. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. I have uh, tuna fish at home or whatever. And, you know, I'll just eat that when I get home. But meanwhile, I'm, like, on my way home. I was like, oh, shit. Well, hold up. There's Chipotle, like, right conveniently on my way home. And that's nice and warm and a lot more appealing than tuna fish. All right, well, I already paid for the tuna fish, which was like a dollar. Or I could pay like seven bucks for this Chipotle, 
that, you know, I'll still get my hunger satisfied either way I go, but let me just go ahead and buy this fucking Chipotle, even though I'm good on my meal today if I just wait two more seconds to get home. It, and then it, nine times out of ten, niggas still eat that tuna at the end of the night. <laughs> no, no, that's that's what works. Oh, okay, good. That's what, I know people, I know people that do. It's like, like oh, I'm saying, like, you got this thing no, bro, and you still kill it all. No, that's what I'm saying. No, th- this is this was this was my problem. Even like at the end of tour, uh, shit that I brought for tour to make sure I like at least had some like food or whatever. That's like from the moment that it arrived on the on the van. It was still there, like a, like not a lot of it, but like there's still some stuff there where I was just like, man. I would have loved to have something uh, hot to eat tonight. I had this tuna fish. Oh, fuck it, I'll just go to sleep. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I like, I went to sleep hungry just because I didn't feel like eating the same thing. I like same cold thing that I packed for the whole tour or whatever. I feel that. But that's that's the self discipline that. That's good. It's good re- to have. Really, really I, needs to I happen. Like, just eat at the very least. I would say, before you go out and eat, like all this other like pretty and money sort of shit at least eat all the food that you brought ahead of time i don't care what it is if you bought a brought a bunch of like cheese it's or whatever finish that whole bag and then as soon as you're done with that then you can start using your per diem and then you can ball out that way but yeah because yeah, they have a bunch of uh, saved per diems up you don't got to you don't have to be five dollars a day you got an extra maybe like you know 25 dollars on top of the five you're about to get hey that's what I'm saying. And, you know, I'm saying this uh, not as somebody who has done it, but somebody who has learned severely because I did not do that. So do not follow <laughs> what I did. So definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And keep up the hygiene, man, because, I mean, we've all been there, especially my guys, too, at the time. Like, you had some thank you dudes having having baby wipes is is key and doing it like like you're taking you know a bath or a shower like when you get up wipe your balls and your armpits and wipe your arms and legs down whatever and especially after you play man no one wants to smell that stank ass fucking cheese dick like halfway into <laughs> a tour and like let's be real and brush your teeth and fucking you know what i'm saying that like at, at, at the end of tour that's when you can really see a motherfucker's character. Because I've seen some niggas out there, like, damn, like, you you, you did not try <laughs> to, <laughs> to fucking keep your shit together, did you? I I will say that, that the hygiene part is probably tough. the one. No, I'm going to say that that's probably the one thing that my band didn't really have to worry about so that's much. Because, yeah, we we were definitely on top of that. Like, we we're like, all right, we'll be starving, but at least we'll smell good and look good. <laughs> like that was, that was kind of our priorities were a little bit out of whack, but at the same time, you know, we we still made it work. But at the very least, we made sure we were super stocked on baby wipes and tried to get a shower wherever we could. We had the Planet Fitness thing where we can get showers wherever we wanted and all that sort of stuff. So. We always made sure we were good with that. So that's what I'm talking that was- about, and, and and that goes back to the main point with the sacrifice, because that's when a lot of people real. That's when you you find out who's about this life or not, 
you know, a lot, a lot of people you know, leave bands because they're not about that. They're, they're not about eating that damn bad all the time. They're not about, you know, having to use baby wipes to keep themselves clean every single fucking day and, and be lucky to get a shower or just not even having a bed and sleeping on a fucking, you know, a fucking car seat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not for everybody. And I think I think some of it has to attribute to uh, like the uncertainty of whether the sacrifice is worth it. Because when you're in a local band and you're not touring and doing all that sort of stuff and like laying it all out there or whatever, yeah, you can drop all this money and you can like go on these weekenders and you can, you know, sacrifice minimally, but you still have a job to go home to and you know, you're still, you still have an apartment to go to. Everything's still relatively stable or whatever. But like when you're on tour, a lot of people are quitting their jobs or hoping that they have a job to come back to. And, you know, you're sacrificing a lot to, you know, do like live this fucked up life for a long ass time. I'm mean, not that long, but like, like if you keep doing it and like, if you're doing your thing well, uh, you know, musically and, you know, you're making the right moves, uh, you know, you're not going to do it forever, but it's that sense of uncertainty where it's just like, how long do I have to do this? Like, you, you, you don't know, like, I, like, I don't know how no, to, like, you never know. Like, it, it depends on all, all that grind work, which we talk about in all the other podcasts, like how, how much work are you putting in to really get your band noticed outside of, you know, just just get it out there. Yeah, you're going to go through the bullshit like what we're talking about, but you're going to continue doing this bullshit if you're not putting your all into your art and your craft and getting it out there. I mean, we've talked about all that, but it's really on you. Like, let's be real. Like, it's really all on you. And if you aren't about it and dip out, maybe you, this isn't this isn't the the life for you. You fucking love music. I won't take that from anybody. But as far as you know, getting out there and reaching that type of goal, you know, people find out real quick if they, if they have what it takes or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, that that's when you, when you see all these bands get weeded out, you know, there's a lot of different tiers to that. Like some of it happens like during that initial local band members, uh, member change thing. Uh, that's when most of it happens. Uh, and then, you know, they get a little bit more success. They start doing weekenders and people are like, Oh man, if, I don't know if I could do this, like on the road for a long time, fuck this. Then all those bands, uh, die out. And then they start doing like, you know, a couple week tours, maybe month tours. And then that's when you really get a good taste of that. And, you know, that's, that's to me, to me, uh, like, at least a two week tour is a good like taste test oh, yeah. to whether you can uh, like make it as a touring band. Like if you can't make it in a two week tour, then either you need to adjust some things within your band, some members, some whatever, or that's just not for you guys. So either, you know, adjust your strategy where like you're just going to do local stuff and you guys are cool with that or, you know, it is what it is, but you guys aren't going to be able, like, I, I, I can't, I can't think of a single example. Well, yeah, I mean, 
if, if, if your main objective is to be big and like is to score and like be financially comfortable or whatever, there's a lot of other things be, besides the fucking uh, sacrifice of money. So say you're really super successful and you don't have to worry about money, segue. There's a lot of other uh, sacrifices you have to make. And you're not going to be able to spend time with friends, family, and loved ones. That's another huge fucking part that maybe if, if not more so, I, I mean, I would say actually probably equally, a lot of people probably drop off of bands because of money. A lot of people probably drop off of bands because of girlfriends or boyfriends or family or whatever, like for sure. Like, Oh yeah. I, That's like the biggest thing I, I see for, 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 uh, for bigger artists, like they have to be back to be with their family, especially if you're like a little bit older and you have a child or something in the picture and daddy, daddy needs to be home type of deal. It's like, I can't keep doing this. Like I totally get it. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to shit on that. And like, just the same, like all the same, like I'm not trying to shit on people who like aren't able to have that life. I'm not trying to like, shit on people who have the dream but are not you know they can't make that sort of investment i understand that like you know you want to be financially secure i get that you want to have a family and spend time with your loved ones i get that but those are two huge sacrifices where yeah you can still you can still have both of those things and have your dream but it's a little different of a life and it's not the life that like is ideal. everybody like knows how like how to deal with really. But you know, people people manage it, but it's not it's not as conventional. It's not as you know easy to you know deal with. But you know, it's all it's all part of the sacrifice. But yeah, be, definitely being away from you know, like you said earlier, missing holidays, missing birthdays, missing you know anniversaries, all that sort of stuff. You know. I know you and I have both been there. That's plenty. I miss yep. plenty of birthdays. I miss my own birthday. I was on on tour. It was fun for me, but you know, my girl kind of wished she could have seen me for my birthday and give me a gift and have a good time and do something. But I'm out there chasing my dream. We can celebrate some other time. You can make it work. But at the same time, you know, that's a very important day to someone else or or even missing my own girl's birthday or missing my mom's birthday and she made plans and I had like, I'm sorry, I just booked a tour. Like, you know, having, having to say that all the time to different people, like on the reg, it's just kind of like, damn, like how, how do they see me? Like, do they get what I'm doing or do they think that I just don't care? Like that's, that's one big thing. I think a lot of, uh, people in bands face it's like i'm sure they care about all those people and all those things that they plan and all the things that they want to do at home with their loved ones but the loved ones need to understand what it takes to for the for for that person to be doing all this and just know that they do love and care about them yeah for sure i mean and you know it's you know family is one thing and you know you know, relationships in general, uh, like when it comes to like dating and stuff like that, that's like super fucking hard because I mean, you know, congrats on you. You definitely got 
super lucky. Um, I'm engaged, people, in case you didn't know. But it was tough oh, for yeah. me. I'll tell you this real quick, Joe. Like, even on the tour with you guys, or most, all my tours, it was so, it's hard to find privacy. If I want to, like, you know, go, go on FaceTime or even give my girl a call and talk for a good amount of time, it's, it doesn't happen. Like, you're always in the van. Like, that. that's tour, people. You're in the van 80% of the time driving, and then you get to a show, you know, you have to unload you know, get your merch set up, which was my job, and then bands start playing. Then I might have a, 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 you know, a window to try and go outside and, like, go away, like, go behind a tree and call my yeah. girl before someone interrupts and they're like, hey, some something, something's going on. Oh, we have to talk to so-and-so real quick. Something always comes up. I had to cut it short. It was always really hard to find a good time to talk with the lady and then after the shows are done got a little free time but it's late she's asleep you know it it was real hard to kind of keep in touch like through voice i can text all day but having that hearing hearing the voice or seeing the face it's hard to get it and i i see why a lot of girlfriends get mad at their men on tour i see it all the time it's like because they they don't understand that like a lot of people or a lot of the the chicks or dudes or boyfriends at home don't understand how much time we don't really have to ourselves on tour. Like, can you tell me times where you're literally by yourself on tour ever besides in the bathroom? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, there, there's not a single time. Like, even if I'm walking to the gas station, somebody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm down. I, I got to get something, too. I'm like, I wasn't inviting you, but, yeah, let's let's go. That's uh-huh. <laughs> fine, like... Like even if you say like, "Hey, I'm gonna chat with, I'm gonna chat on the phone with my girl or whatever," uh, you know, you walk away. But then somebody who didn't get that memo happens to pass by because everybody's walking around, and then they try and like talk to you or whatever, and it's just like, "Wait, I'm on the phone right now." But then you know, it gets interrupted. So even like the you know times you do get like some one-on-one time, at least to talk with uh, your girl or whatever, it often gets interrupted, right? 100% all the time. This is, this is, I'm talking like maybe once in a while I'll be lucky because I like have to go really, really far away. And then I get interrupted again. Motherfucker's calling me up. Like, where are you at? Like, like, why could you, how could you possibly need me for something right now? We're loaded in. Merch is good. What's up? I just want to know where you were. Well, I'm talking to my girl over here. Oh, man, I'm trying to hang out. It's like, yo, you see me all the time. Chill. <laughs> you see me. You see me all the time. You don't need me that bad. You know what I'm saying? Though, just like, tours a different vibe. Like everyone just, it's like a big party, well, a big hangout. It's just, I don't think anyone has it down yet. When you're actually on there to like really have a, a routine of schedule where everyone can have their own alone time because everyone's thinking about that. When am I gonna have free time to talk to? my girl at home or whatever. Everyone's trying to find that time. And I'm going to be real. I'm looking at these dudes. I'm not seeing them finding time either. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, and, <laughs> and like uh, the, the thing I was uh, originally, originally bringing up that, you know, where, where I said that, you know, it was a, it was a rare thing, but uh, for you, which, you know, congrats as well, but you know, it is, it is definitely, because you know 
uh, I mean, I, I don't, neither you or I have the experience or anything like that of like having a significant other who's like out for weeks at a time or months at a time or whatever. And you don't really get to see them very often. So that's like, that's something like, I guess like from a different perspective, like it's, it's hard to like think about. Cause like, I know for sure that many, if not most of my like really good relationships, uh, suffered severely because of the band thing, because, you know, I was investing a lot of time in that. I mean, I was always like investing a lot of time into both things, but you know, when I'm, when I'm out on, on tour and stuff like that, you know, that's when, you know, you know, it takes a certain, certain sort of person to understand, you know, Hey, I'm out on tour. Uh, I'm not, not trying to talk to you. I'm texting you all day, but you know, I can't, I can't be on the phone with you all the time because, you know, niggas be around all the time. I can't get personal. Like niggas, I want people to hear I'm saying all the time. Shit. (laughs) Yeah. Like the most you can say, like if you're on, like, yeah, you have like those five hour car rides or this eight hour car rides. It's like, yeah, but like, I'm just in my fucking van seat and I don't want to be like, Hey, yeah. So what are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like uh, you can't get personal. It's like, hey, babe, yeah, uh, just driving right now, going to the show. Uh, so, like, yeah, your fucking dudes were just talking about some raunchy shit, and then, like, you're telling this, tell me, shut up want- real quick, shush, 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 like, my girl's calling, I have to talk to her, and then you, and then and you then become fucking- the buzzkill. It's like, just get off the phone, man, talk to her later. And then, like, meanwhile, like, and also, I'm sure it happened in your your van too. But if ever, like, you're trying to talk or whatever, you know, one of the one of the homies were like, "Yo, tell her to suck your dick real good when you get home." Yeah, <laughs> like, something like some that. Like, yeah, people shit like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, well, actually, that was usually something that I was telling other people. <laughs> like straight up, I, that 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 was me. No one did it back to me. I wish they did. I wish I wish people <laughs> fucked with me the way I fuck with them. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> but I guess my my whole point is uh, that's one of the things that you know. It's not only the the uh, band people or like the guy the people who are in a band. Uh, you know, they might not expect what it's like to you know be on tour, and maybe they're not cut out for for it. Same with you know uh, you know their significant others or whoever they're seeing. They'd be like, oh yeah, it's cool. I don't like. I don't mind if you go on tour. Like that's that's cool. I can handle it. And then you know, and then you find out and and then that's that's a a tough thing that you have to go through because not only are you like struggling being in a band uh, like while on tour, but now you also have to deal with like you know the person you're seeing back home, and you're like, oh shit. Well, I have to like you know I'm still trying to pursue my dream, but I'm not trying to like make the person I'm seeing upset either. Like this is a, a tough thing too. So again, that's why I think a lot of bands, you know, sacrifice something, something like whether it's, uh, you know, they're going to sacrifice the band to be with this person they want to be with, which again, no fault to them, Just whatever your priority is, fucking go with it. That's fine. But like, whatever your priority is, stick with it. And, you know, pursue it and if, if the person if the person you're with can't keep up then not, you're not going to be happy if you try and, did you just break some glass 
I was giving my cat some food because uh, he was meowing. <laughs> that sounded like you broke some glass. I should but, have. Uh, you get you get my point. Yeah, I get your point. I get your point. But like you said, it's just it's just rare. Cause I mean, I was on the last tour I ever did. There was a the bass player in this band was always on the phone with his lady, and they were fighting all of the time. And they didn't tour that much. And I was feeling for him. And I'm like, I can just imagine where like you're fresh to doing it, but it's very spotty. So like, you're so used to being at home and you're with the type of person where they're, I don't want to be rude, but like needy or like kind of needs attention on the reg and all your free time. If you're in a band, that's the worst. Like all your free time outside the van, if you're in band mood, you want to be networking, hanging out with with your crew and all the other bands, but you can't because you feel like you need to cater to your, you know, your lady at home and then she's upset and then, even on van rides, if, if, if all it is, is like just really nagging, like for attention. And I feel for those people. It's like, I wish, uh, I wish there's people, um, could find a way to get their, their person at home to kind of, you know, get it, um, and kind of let them have that experience. Like the, your person's on tour, let them have a good time. And like, they still love you. They're still going to try, but don't ruin their experience. Tour is supposed to be fun. That's one thing I see a lot of women do to these band guys. They don't want them to have fun. <laughs> it sucks. <coughs> well, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, they don't want them to have fun. I think it's more so like, they're just not used to, it's just like, a, like it's an uncomfortable situation where like, you know, you're used to whoever, whoever's at home is the one you getting all of your attention and all of a sudden like you're going from getting like all the attention to like almost no attention and that's in general just a hard thing to yeah deal with in general so it's I, just mean, what I, I, I noticed like i mean everyone's different every every chick at home is different but the ones that i'm seeing pretty often that are making a big thing or or if i see a dude on the phone it's always at a time where it should be homeboy should be involved. There was a time in particular, we're at a hotel with with, with a, a band for the first time that we started we started getting cool with, and we're trying to vibe out, get some drinks, and like get to know each other more, and just hang out. And that time would be the time this man is like outside this hotel on the side of the building, like going in to go for like an hour. He's like, man, I'm, I'm hanging out with the boys, like. You know, we're hanging out with Indian Army, whatever it is, and then, and he's out there for a long time. Like, yo, just hang up on the bitch. But this is this is a this, this is taking a whole different turn. But it's just hard, man. I I feel it though. It's fucking tough out there when you uh when you have someone at home to kind of you got you guys spread it out, man. You guys spread your attention around. Yeah. So I mean, you know the. The main thing that we're uh, we're driving at for you guys, for you listeners, is sacrifice is fucking inevitable. Like no matter what stage of success that you achieve, like you're gonna have to go through a lot of it when you first get started, and it's gonna be scary. And to be honest, sometimes it might not work out, and that's just life. Um, just in general, that's just fucking life. And even when it does work out. Uh, 
you know, this, this career path is, is one full of sacrifices. And I think anybody who's listening, who's an artist already knows that. Um, but it's, I mean, it's okay. It's, it's all, it's all part of it. We're, we're all uh, a creative mind and we can all figure out a way to be happy in doing so. So, you know, that's why even though Orion and my band did not, uh, well, our two separate bands did not uh, pan out, we, we did not stop. We uh, still have things going on and we're still very aware of these sacrifices that we're going to have to remake and, you know, continue to make with our with our pursuit of doing this even the, even this podcast alone it's it's such a like it's not not nearly as much work as uh it takes to being in a band but it's still some sacrifice that we have to make like you know he has to take some time away from his lady i have a lot of things i have to sacrifice to to do this and it's you know it's just all part of the creative mind and the creative uh process so don't ever think that sacrifice is not worth it because you know as long as you're having my sacrifice i'll say that like example i'm having a good time with it and you know this is how i feel about it i'm happy with all the sacrifices that i made because it made me into the person i am today and i'm proud of all my of all my accomplishments all the memories i have were fantastic with you guys on tour and everyone else i've ever met and even though that band isn't a thing anymore and you know, we're not famous. I don't care. I have so many stories I can tell the grandkids. I got so many long lasting friends that are going to last a long time. You name it, man. Like you can't, that's something you can buy. Like that, that's real, bro. You have to get out there and risk and just risk some things. And you don't know what's going to come from. You're going to be, you're going to be a whole different man. If I never went on tour, I'd be a whole different person. Oh yeah, for sure. I like. I don't even want to know how what like who I would have been if I never pursued music. I'd be like, I mean, I know I have a very creative mind in general, but uh, who knows what I would have been doing? But probably would have been fucking bored as shit. Uh, <laughs> probably lived some normal life. Still, probably wanted to do music, but like not do much and work a job, you know, get married, have kids, do whatever, do what everyone else is doing. And that's cool. But like, I still want to do all those things, but I- I'm trying to do this right now. And that's the sacrifice that can hold off. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I ain't going nowhere no time soon. And, and unless I get shot right now, but you know, yeah, well, luckily I'm a vampire. So unless somebody stuck a, uh, stake in my heart. I'm living forever. Shit, nigga, you wasn't a vampire in tour getting all dark and shit in the sun. It was good. <laughs> I mean, I'm like a, I'm one of those like new age, one of those new age ones where you like tan. we like fake the tan. I was getting tan on tour, really. Yeah, we were we were out there in the in the heat on the <laughs> rag, yo, for like a long time. You're getting you're you were definitely not as pale as I remember when the tour was over. Like, yeah, Joe got a little color on him right now. <laughs> like, down, you know, I, t- we, we was in down in Texas and it was hot, nigga. I do, I do remember my makeup not so much matching up as it as it was when I first started on tour. I was like, Hold looking up. like Mr. Fine shit. 
<laughs> I was like, we're, we're, uh, we started this tour in uh, February or like late February and this was all working out, but uh, now things are getting sweaty and things are not matching up in color. I should have, should have gotten two different kinds. It's all good, man. But yeah, inside the unsigned. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you want to wrap this up or uh, do you have something? Do you have anything more to add or, or how are you feeling? I feel good. I mean, the last thing I said was the last good thing I got to say. I mean, I kind of recite a little more. It's just like you listeners out there, you gotta, you, you gotta go out there and sacrifice and don't think it's going to come easy and don't think nothing ever comes from it. Cause I can say you're, you, like these memories are way more everlasting and just important uh, on your soul than, you know, trying to play the, the biggest show you can. That's a cool memory, but all the stuff leading up to it and all the, all the highs and lows, that's what you're going to remember the most hands down. Yeah. And I, I will follow up with, uh, yes, sacrifice is going to be inevitable. Um, but if there's anything that we hope to teach you or at least help you out with, not only through this podcast, but all of our past podcasts and future po- podcasts is, yes, sacrifice is important. But one of our main goals in doing this is trying to help you make very smart decisions in doing so. Off, so of, you don't our, off of our bullshit, but go on my bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like we we've been through some shit that got us into worse shit and uh we definitely want to help anybody who's listening avoid that um so definitely you know sacrifice is going to is is inevitable but you know through listening to all uh, whatever we we've learned and through our various guests uh that we bring on we we've, we've learned a lot through through all the different people that we've brought on and we hope to learn a lot from all of our future guests you know, take take everything. You know, take it as your own. Apply it to yourself, and hopefully, uh, you guys can avoid some some crucial things that we may have run into along the way. Learn from us and all of our guests, and fucking make the best out of your situation for sure. And don't smoke weed while you're driving in the van. Yeah, well, I don't know where that came from, but yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's for a whole other yeah. podcast. Din, din, din. <laughs> but yes. Um, all right, cool. Well, then, yeah, we, we can close this shit out then. Um, you know, we, t- we talked about a bunch of different stuff like, you know, things. And we also talked about stuff. And that's all the stuff that we talked about. I, I don't know what you're talking about because literally, bro, all, all, all I remember is I'm feeling it. <laughs> Well, that was the beginning of the podcast. We, okay, so we were talking about uh, branding, our thoughts about that. We were talking about uh, the importance of gear investment, how you know it kind of shows that you're taking it seriously. It kind of helps motivate your other band members as well. Talk about dealing with member changes and how to appropriately handle that. And most importantly, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. It's going to happen when you first start, it's going to happen when you are the biggest band in the world. So it's going to happen and learn how to deal with it and learn how to live with it and learn how to be happy with it. And with that, 
We are inside the unsigned. My name is Joe Deke. And I'm Mother. I'm OG, but Joe, do you remember that song, My Sacrifice by Creed? Yeah, I was going to sing it in the beginning, but I chose not to. My sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So with that, we are out. Again, we are on Stitcher, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that shit. Inside the Unsigned, we're out. We're with me. I'm free. I'm careless.